Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was good! But be careful. Because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jordan Gonsalves, and I'm a journalist. Join me on my new podcast, But We Loved, where queer elders recount the amazing history they've lived through. In the middle of Wall Street, they stopped traffic. They were doing a die-in. And in the process, share little gems of wisdom for the next generation. The key is to understanding yourself, learning to love and embrace yourself. You can listen to But We Loved on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Go behind the wheel and under the hood on everything automotive with high-speed stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Ben Bolin. I am a video writer here at HowStuffWorks.com. And as always, I am hanging out with Scott Benjamin, and I'm the uh, I'm the auto editor here at HowStuffWorks.com. And you do a great job. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. And yeah. likewise. Oh well, thank Since you. Since we're patting each other on the back, that's uh, yeah, yeah. You know, I I got to tell you, just before we get into this, um, you remember that song where they say "Blinded by the Light"? Yeah. Okay. Just last week, I figured out that it's "Blinded by the Light," revved up like a deuce. Yeah. It, it, do you know what that's about? <laughs> yeah, isn't that a, isn't that a Deuce Coupe? Yes, a Ford Deuce Coupe. Is that? Oh, did I steal your? No, the, not at all. Oh, I'm sorry, just yeah. I'm nodding like that because yeah. every time an automotive question comes up, mm-hmm. I realize that I should stop messing around and <laughs> go find you and oh. ask you. Oh, okay, well, I I don't know if I answered anything for you then. There, you kind of did. Did you must have looked up ahead of time, right? I did because I was looking for a nickname for you. Uh, oh no! I don't know how. I, you, oh boy! Really? Well, how well, do you feel about the deuce? The deuce—that's <laughs> so cool. <laughs> the deuce. I Think of the puns. Oh, the deuce. You've deduced hmm. that, hmm. huh? I don't know. That's don't mean to hmm. reduce it. <laughs> All right. Oh, I'm man. sorry. Do you have Do you have more, or is this? Uh, do you I know, have a choice? I don't want to. I don't want to knock them all out of the park today. Oh, this really? Is, this is going to go on for a while. It's an ongoing. Uh, Just bit, to let huh? you know, uh, yeah. the, the deuce. Okay, I'll write Depending down the deuce. Depending on what our listeners say, we're going to have to have a, uh, a a list. Yeah, a list. I love lists. If I love lists too, okay, man. The deuce. We'll, we'll add it to the list. Okay, we'll add the deuce to wow, the list. Wow, I guess I'm going to have to get to work on a, a nickname for you. Hmm. Turnabout is fair play. Yeah, I it took me a second, but no, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So. I did that. Our our listeners can stop me in my mad quest to find a, a nickname for Scott or the Deuce, but uh, but that's just because uh, you know it makes a big difference to us what our listeners think. Yeah, and this is all a segue for 
the intro to our topic today, which is really a listener request. Awesome. Yeah, for, so it's a uh, it's a piece of listener mail that uh, you know we do read all these. Everyone, I, I promise you, we do. And uh, sometimes we have some pretty good requests that come in. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is one that I thought we should uh, we should jump on right now. All right. What what is it? Laid on me. It is from. Uh, Sachin, right? Sachin. Now, yes. uh, Sachin, we apologize if we're mispronouncing your name. Uh, it's spelled S-A-C-H-I-N. Sachin. We're doing our best. Yeah, Sachin. Sachin is from Mumbai, India. Awesome. And uh, here's how he starts. Dear Brian and Scott. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it says Brian. Dear Brian and Scott. I can feel that. I can roll with the Brian. All right, that's okay. No, no, don't get me wrong. I don't want that's that okay. to be my nickname. No, no, it's not a nickname. Okay. It's just... Says dear Brian and Scott. Uh, He's I close can understand. enough. Yeah. Close enough. Yeah. Okay. I just I threw that in there just as a little uh, jab. <laughs> it says <laughs> it says he's a longtime listener. He loves. Uh, w- w- he's wondering if we could do a podcast episode dealing with the materials that cars are made of these days. It says oh. the effects that they would have on handling, performance, pricing, etc. It's a little confusing when you hear about carbon fiber, aluminum, mm. steel, sheet metal, titanium, other things like that. So. Um, he says that uh, cars just seem to be getting lighter compared to the models that they replace. Oh, he knows you. He has He's, been listening. Oh, yeah. He knows I like the uh, the weight issue. So yeah. we're going to talk about uh, weight and not just weight, but we're going to talk about materials today. Um, this so is awesome. What a great is. what a great question. This is right up your alley, Scott, because I know for a while this has been this has been something that we return back to, mm-hmm. be, but we've never done a podcast just about this. We've mentioned it. Yeah, we have. About the, the various materials that, that mm-hmm. go into making a, a, a complete car, really. And uh, there's no way we're going to list all of them. And no. I'm not going to go into metallurgy and, you know, what... what Temperature differentials. Compounds that, yeah. you know, make stronger metals, et cetera. But I'm just going to mention a few that, that are common uh, then and now. Okay. Um, you know, what, what cars were made of at one point and what they're made of now. Oh, man. Yeah, let's start with then. Then? Yeah, can we? Easy enough. All right. As you would guess, Wood. Cars are made of wood. Honestly, they, I mean, the of course the engines had to be. Um, they were metal, metal mm-hmm. materials. Um, you know, the iron steel. Of, of course, yeah, iron and steel. Mostly iron, probably at that point, yeah. and steel. Um, but wood was you know, predominantly used for frames. Um, it was probably not until about 1900, the best I can figure here. I'm looking up uh, some mm-hmm. information. Uh, there's a guy in Milwaukee. His name was Arthur O. Smith. And he created uh, the first pressed steel frame for a car. And Henry Ford happened to find out that he was doing this. Mm-hmm. And Ford said, you know, I'll take 10,000 of those and I'll, I'll begin making steel frame cars, you know, instead of the wood frames that we've been doing in the past. And uh, this kind of led to even more modernization of, of his cars and on his line. Um, so by 1906, that's when Henry Ford started using metal frames. I, okay. I believe it's 1906. It's close to that date. Circa. Not exactly. It's right around that time. Um, so we moved from wood frame cars to, and of course they still had wood bodies at that point. I see. There were there were steel parts, and and then of course, yeah, there were metal parts that were being made, but for the most part, cars had wood bodies, and um, they were just constructed of wood. Um, so we moved from wood to metal, and steel was predominantly the metal that they used at the time. Um, there's a lot of different types of steel that we use right now. We still use steel a lot. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. still a lot of steel in cars. Um, it's it's I guess the it's got low co- it's got a lot of benefits to it. It's mm-hmm. it's relatively low cost. It's durable. 
Um, it's easy to form. It's easy to make into whatever you want it to. to For fabrication. Yeah, exactly. Stuff. You can make steel body parts. You can make steel frames. Um, of course, the, the ways that we form it have become a lot more advanced. We use hydroform for mm-hmm. um, steel frames for truck trucks. Uh, of course, there's stamping, which is a pretty old process, but um, there's just a lot of different ways you can you can form that steel. Um, but there's a lot of different types, like I mentioned. There's low-carbon steel, which I think is also called mild steel, I believe. Uh, there's boron steel, and I think that Volvo uses a lot of boron steel, and that's supposed to be really strong stuff. Um, there's stainless steel that the uh, DeLorean used. Uh, yes. not, not many people use stainless steel other than decorative accents at this point. Okay. Uh, but um, aside from steel, there's, you know, of course, iron has been used for um, engine blocks for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're getting away from that because of the weight. And, you know, yeah. and they can make, um, well, f- we can make aluminum. You can use aluminum blocks uh, for engines at this point. And aluminum, we just kind of go through this long list of, of the progression of metals and and. Yeah. and materials but um aluminum is lighter weight it does have a higher cost associated with it though for now for now yeah it's uh, um i think i've read numbers about as about as much as five times as expensive as steel as um it may be as expensive as steel which they is maybe comparing it to steel. which is why you only see aluminum in large quantities in you know Racing vehicles or high-end experimental vehicles, well, frankly. No, right? no, they're they're actually they're fi- it's finding its way into more and more cars than, that you would than you would expect, really. Really, it, you're you're correct that it was uh, kind of reserved for the high-end vehicles, the race, not race, but um, well, race of course, but and then um, emphasis on low weight kind of vehicles. Yeah, exactly. Right? The sports cars, the um, or you know some very expensive vehicles. It's finding its way into um, even even the compact versions now. I mean, aluminum blocks. Um, it's just so it must the cost must be coming down considerably for them to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, the the prices well prices aren't extremely low or anything by like right. by any means. But um, it must be coming down for them to include them in that type of vehicle versus one that's eighty thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Um, so, anyways, there's you know the benefits. It's, it's tough. It's diff, It's more difficult to form. It's a little more difficult to weld. But in 1994, Audi uh, with the A8 came out with an aluminum chassis, and that was kind of um, that was kind of revolutionary at the time. Yeah, it's a game changer. Yeah, it, it was. Yeah, and and now there's a lot of cars that use aluminum for the chassis, and you wouldn't expect that because it's it's a softer metal. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it does have its problems. I mean, it's not. Uh, I'm not saying that the Audi frame has any problem. I'm saying that um, if you use aluminum for body panels, let's say. Uh, that panel, if you lean on that panel, it may be more apt to, to bend than if it, if you had a steel panel oh, I see. or a uh, plastic panel, which we'll talk about in a moment. That um, you know would would I guess keep its form a little better than aluminum. But aluminum is softer and you know it's it's more susceptible to damage. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's typically not used for body panels right now. I mean, other than race cars. Stop me if I'm stealing your thunder. Mm-hmm. Did you just say plastic? Plastic. Yeah. Plastic. Yeah, there's a lot of plastic. I don't want to jump the list. No, it's okay. You got. I mean, I've got a couple more ahead of that, but uh, we are going to get to plastic, and and plastic uh, plays a key role in in car production right now. Um, It's well, you know what? Yeah, not yet, not yet. Let's wait. All right. Uh, One more metal, or a couple more. Actually, one more metal that I want to mention. This is one you hear about a lot in racing. um, Titanium. Titanium. Yes. What titanium. is the deal exactly with, <laughs> with that? Titanium. Well, watches, um, you know, things like that are made of titanium. You sometimes oh. hear that, you know, that's a benefit in some way for for a watch to be made of that, or you know, a lot of James Bond type gadgets sure. are made with titanium. Um, the deal with titanium is that it's a it's a real low density, real strong. Um, it just it's a it's a real 
effective metal. Um, it's it's apparently it's it's corrosion resistant. It's, it has a it has the highest strength to weight ratio of any metal. And that's, that's why, why it's in race cars. That's why titanium is used in race cars. You know, okay. it's very expensive. Um, and right now it's being used for things like spacecraft and, and jets and you know race yeah. cars and missiles and very exotic applications. But um, titanium is used in racing, and that's because the strength is high, the weight is low, and the cost, well, that's not why, but the cost is high in racing as well. I mean, it, these are expensive parts. It's used, but let's be honest about titanium. Mm-hmm. Titanium is used in... Uh, uh, places where cost takes a far back seat to performance. That's right. Yeah, or form, I guess, is what you're you're trying to get at. The, yeah. the, you know, function. Yeah. Um, it, it's very functional, and mm. it's very uh, it's a very sound choice, I guess. Uh, but th- again, the cost is it outweighs. For for me, it outweighs you know the benefit. But um, so I'm not going to get that titanium. Monte Carlo anytime soon. <laughs> Probably not. I don't think you'll see that coming anytime soon. All right. But you may have a uh, maybe a carbon fiber. Oh, man. This is like the holy yeah. grail of car materials to yeah. me. Yep. Talking about carbon fiber. and um, Let's break it down real quick. So go ahead. Wait, I mean, what do you know about carbon fiber to this point? Because we've talked about it in the past. If you know, yeah. I don't mean to put you on the spot, but yeah. um, just quickly. Okay. Well, all right. Yeah, brief, brief bit of, bit of background. Sure. Bit of background. There we go. You got it. Oh, man. Um, Okay, so just in context here, our uh, fascination with carbon fiber on this show goes all the way back uh, even to our hypermiling episodes and our luxury car episodes where we talked about, and and Scott very kindly put me on to what I call the carbon fiber game. Um, This is an ideal material for vehicles. It's light. It's strong, and it has one huge disadvantage, which that which is that it is difficult to produce cheaply at this time. Very good. Yeah, you got it exactly right. You, is that you, what, okay. Good memory. Excellent memory. Hey, thanks. Yeah, I mean, I, I've been going over my notes, and I I had to go back in my notes to figure out what we had said about it already. But uh, for our exactly listeners, right. uh, Scott's holding up a sign with those three points. <laughs> no, on there. no, no, no. He's, he's kidding. He's, but uh, yeah, he's, so, he's on his game. So Depends carbon fiber game. makes uh, really, if somebody was to, to ask what is the high-speed stuff, um, main point or main goal for efficient cars of the future, it's reducing the weight. Yeah. Yeah, weight, is, weight reduction is, is key. And Carbon fiber is part of that. Mm. Um, you'll find out that there have been advances in carbon fiber since we last talked, even. Um, and really, I mean, it's constantly changing. Okay. It'll kind of blend into what we're talking about when we when we talk about plastics. So, um, carbon fiber, in many ways, it's 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 stronger than steel. It's stiffer than steel. Mm. It does have a high cost associated with it, and that uh, that's that's partly in the in the materials and it's also partly in just uh, the forming of it it's difficult to form a part out of carbon fiber okay um that's because the process involved it's a it's a fiber it's a it's a cloth material really it's a woven cloth material that has to be layered with resin and uh formed and and you know sanded and it, mm. it's it's a much more complex process than than just punching out a piece of metal um not that that's easy by any means but um I'm saying that it's it's a little more time-consuming and it and it costs more to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, so the cost, as soon as that cost comes down, as soon as we can get the the price, I think we price it per pound. I think we yes. mentioned before. Yeah. Um, once they get that price down, then we'll start to see a lot more car parts made with carbon fiber. We're already seeing a lot of that in some of the exotic cars. Um, 
you know, like the Corvette uses carbon fiber. The BMW M6 uses carbon fiber mm -hmm. in a few places. They use bumpers. Um, I think the roof is made of carbon fiber, and there's also some internal structures that are made of carbon fiber as well. Cool. Um, uh, there's also the, uh, of course, Lamborghini. Well, you know what? Let me skip that one for right now because that leads into the next one. But, okay, um, okay. But VW's uh, one-liter car. You know what? Uh, Both of these do. Now of that course. I, of course, I'm looking at my notes. No, I mean, yeah. of course, they, the one-liter uses carbon yeah, fiber. Yeah, one-liter, one of course, does. It uses the uh, carbon fiber reinforced plastic. So that's a, a nice segue into that what we're going to talk nice about segue. next. That is a nice segue. And, you know, one quick thing on carbon fiber. There's also dry carbon fiber that we didn't mention, but dry we carbon did. fiber is even more expensive than what they call wet carbon fiber. Um, so you, there's these different levels. I mean, you may mm -hmm. talk about a, a carbon fiber hood that you can get in an aftermarket place that's relatively inexpensive, but mm -hmm. the real pros are using dry carbon fiber now. Uh, we're talking like Formula One type cars and I see. Uh, top end race cars. Very, very expensive. Thousands of dollars for a panel for a car. Um, very, very expensive, but it's lighter weight and even stronger. Wow. Um, so it's a dry process that puts the carbon fiber together. Um, but So there's advances being made there as well. Mm -hmm. But what's really kind of exciting right now is that these blends are being made, uh, these, these composite materials. And they're using carbon fiber to strengthen plastic materials. Ah, okay. Yeah. All and right. That's, and that's really cool because a lot of cars, these advanced cars, these lightweight cars, that are, that are, they're finding a way to, to bring the cost of using carbon fiber benefits or bringing carbon fiber benefits and plastic benefits together. So the strength of carbon fiber, the lightweight and low cost of plastics are coming together to make these, uh, these I don't know, outlandish cars, I guess. Really mm -hmm. cool, lightweight, um, either you know, ultra-high performance or um, ultra-highly efficient yeah. vehicles. And uh, so you see that in the Lamborghini, which uses um, uh, carbon fiber reinforced plastics to make the body panels. Wow. And uh, the VW one liter car, which is on the opposite end of the performance spectrum, but it, uh, it's a highly efficient vehicle. They use that, uh, that, we just mentioned, the carbon fiber reinforced plastic, which is, I think they, CFRP is what they, they CFRP the acronym for that. Okay. Um, I, I just think it's really cool that they're blending the two together, and there's a, there's a ton of plastics in cars right now. So there's a lot of plastic mm -hmm. um, development happening, um, not only inside but outside. We've seen it for a long time. You know, Saturn has had plastic yes. panels. Yeah. Heck, even, you know, Ford back in the early 1900s was playing around with soybeans and, and uh, plastic panels. I remember seeing, really? yeah, there, there's film of Henry Ford taking a swing at a body panel on, I don't know if it's a Model T, Model A, what it is, but uh -huh. um, taking a swing at a car with an ax and it doesn't even damage it. Um, interesting stuff, but he, he was big into soybean technology, um, food products, um, mm -hmm. soybeans used to make plastics. Um, I, I don't know what else he was doing with them, but um, preservatives, I guess. Um, but look into the Ford soybean thing, and That's crazy. Uh, you'll be amazed at what you see and what he was doing way back then with soybeans. It was unbelievable. Man. Yeah. So that's kind of a, a surprise bonus material here that mm -hmm. I don't think uh, I don't think anybody was expecting. I certainly wasn't. So because <laughs> you went through we went through the evolution from wood to titanium to carbon fiber to plastics. Yep. And then soybeans. That's right. And, you know, that's kind of getting into this next thing that we're mm -hmm. talking about, and it's bioplastics. Um, bioplastics are big now. And that's instead of, okay, regular plastics or typical plastics we think sure. of now, they're petroleum-based. Right. Uh, so they're made from crude oil, really. And apparently it takes about, uh, I think it's said about a half a gallon 
of crude oil to make one pound of plastic. That's a that's an approximation. Okay. So that's uh, just a rough guess, but um, and I don't have any measurement of how many you know how much plant material it takes. But we're instead of talking about using crude oil, this is using um, you know biomaterial like so corn or seaweed or soybeans to so make cellulose, basically. Yeah, that's right. And it's it's using and the, the emphasis now is using non-food products to mm-hmm. make to make bioplastics. In other, in other words, it's not taking away from the food supply. It's using non-edible parts of mm-hmm. a, a crop or a product in order to make uh, these bioplastics so that, you know, it, it's not taken the wrong way. You know, like ethanol is, you know, directly affecting our food supply. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Or it was at some point. I don't know if sure. it still is or not. It does, seems to have dropped off that, mm. that argument. Um, but this this is using the uh, the non-edible element of some type of crop. They haven't said right now what that crop is mm-hmm. they're going to be using for this. But uh, there's plans for Mazda and Toyota to begin using these uh, these bioplastics as early as 2013 and 2015. Wow! So this isn't this isn't just something out on the distant horizon. Well, it is. It's it's out there. It's still well. You know what? 2013 is not that far That's away. That's pretty close, really man. It. Yeah, and it is. You're unless right. Unless that world ending in 2012 thing happens <laughs> I, I hope not i hope we i hope we get to the point where we can use these bioplastics let's put it that way let's just hold out at least for another couple of years yeah yeah and another cool thing about all of this and this kind of brings it all together i guess and and, and there's i have one more surprise at the end of this but um cars now because of because of the materials that they're made of are very recyclable and i know that's on mm-hmm. everybody's mind but um they're saying that a lot of cars right now are 85% recyclable. Wow. And I blogged about this not long ago, um, that there's a couple of claims out there. Toyota claims that the 2010 Toyota Prius is 85% recyclable. And Lexus also makes the same 85% claim uh, with their HS250H hybrid sedan. And apparently Volvo has been making cars that are 85% recyclable since 2002. That's so crazy. I had no idea. You know what, though? I guess it makes sense because given the rising price of metals, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's worth more companies' time to recycle metals. Mm -hmm. So maybe part of that number, I feel, might come from evolution of recycling technology yeah i believe so i mean there's there's a lot of plastic and and copper and Mm -hmm. there's still iron and steel and everything else in there's aluminum um titanium i guess i don't know magnesium um a lot of different elements that can be be taken out of that i mean even the seats can be shredded and reused Mm -hmm. in some way i'm sure and and that's what they're counting you know the cloth material oh yeah uh, the batteries can be recycled completely at this point tires can be recycled you're right Mm -hmm. so um, my last car was made entirely out of gold. <laughs> Even the seats. It was really is uncomfortable. Right? Is that right? Yeah. yeah that explains it, the gold teeth. It, yes. Yeah. It, to match. It, it was really, it was really, um, I hate to say it, man, but it was, it was kind of a crappy car because, yeah. you know, gold is not, turns out gold is not the best material to build an engine with. <laughs> no, no. It's, it's pretty heavy. It's soft, right? Yeah. It's ductile. Yeah. 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 I learned my lesson. I feel sorry for you. No, don't. You yeah, know, because I mean, sad that you had such a hard time with a okay, gold man. car. You know, I lived my I lived my dream. Yeah, good for you. Okay, so let's speaking keep of going. gold cars, well, there's one that's uh, <laughs> kind of along that lines, I guess. Uh, did you know that the this is this is the last one I've got, last example yeah. I got here, but um, the Bentley Continental is 85 percent recyclable as well. No way. Yeah, and and the interesting thing about this is that uh, there was a guy at Auto Week. His name's Greg. Uh, oh boy, Greg. His name's Greg. All right, Greg. Yeah, Greg at uh, Auto Week. <laughs> 
<laughs> I always do that, don't I? I, no, I just it, can't pronounce those names. Anyways, Greg says uh, says that the point is really inconsequential because seventy um, percent of all Bentley cars ever built are still on the road or hanging out in garages or museums or oh nice. Uh, so seventy percent of all Bentleys ever made still on the road. Yeah, even though they're eighty five percent recyclable. That's an even better that's selling good. point. That's a good. That's a good yeah. stat. I think. Anyways, I think so. One last thing I want to mention here. All right. I stumbled across this while I was looking through for car materials, and okay. uh, this will this will be brief. I'm not going to read the list because this is a long list. I found something. There's an article by Christine McClelland. All right. And Christine is a Subaru Distinguished Earth Science Educator from the Geological Society of America, and this is an activity that is for grade level five to nine. Okay. So fifth graders to ninth graders, and she, you know, being a uh, an earth science educator, mm-hmm. is interested in what it takes to make a car. The the, the material, where do the materials come from? This this paper is called uh, "What Earth Materials Are in My Subaru," and you can apply this really to any vehicle. But um, okay. apparently, now this is again according to Christine. Apparently, the average car is made with over thirty materials extracted from the earth. Okay, now... 30 materials. There are 30 materials extracted from the Earth. Each element, mineral, and resource. So resources we're talking about. Okay. Um, listed below has special properties that make them important in the production of the and the performance of the car. So I've got this long list here that I won't read every one of them, but... Just give me a couple. It, I'll, it, it has the, the material, mm-hmm. the amount in pounds in a typical vehicle, okay. and then the use. And I can just go down the list here and, and read some of the... Uh, yeah. Some... Some of the usual suspects and some that you wouldn't expect. Okay. Um, there's aluminum. There's All about right. 240 pounds of aluminum in the typical car. And, of course, it's lightweight metal used in the body. And, of course, we know that now that's also frame and other mm-hmm. pieces as well. And that's a usual suspect, I'd say. Yeah, that's right. And that's also using the, the engine. I would think that this goes up for even more modern cars now at this yeah. point. Um, asbestos. There's 1.2 pounds of asbestos in, in every car. And that's uh, not in every car, but this is a typical car. Inside the engine? Brake pads. Brake pads. Brake pads. And, uh, and, you know, that's, there are different types of brake pads now. So that's uh, yeah. sometimes yes, sometimes no. God, inside the engine was the worst guess I've made <laughs> in the history of this show. Barium. There's a, there's a trace of barium in every uh, in every vehicle. It's used to coat the electrical conductors in the ignition system. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, cadmium. Again, a trace. Um, let's see what that's for. It's chemically resistant coating. Um, carbon used for uh, steel production and also to add strength to the rubber and the tires. That There's makes 46 sense. 46 pounds of carbon in every tire. Or in, I'm sorry, <laughs> in, every, uh, in every vehicle. Okay. Uh, cobalt is a trace of that. Gallium is a trace of that. Gold is a trace of gold in every vehicle. All unlike right. your solid gold I'm uh, setting car. a trend. Yeah, that's right. Gold is a trace, and that's used in the electronic system. Uh, for um, contacts, I would guess. Yeah. Uh, magnesium, 4.4 pounds of magnesium used to strengthen aluminum and zinc in the car. Uh, mica, mica. I guess there's a trace of mica that fills the shocks. Um, so far, these all seem reasonable. Sulfur used in the battery, two okay. pounds of that. All T- right. Titanium, there's a trace of that in every car, I guess. Um, used to make metallic alloys mm. as a substitute for aluminum. Also used in paint, lacquers, plastic, and rubber. Okay. Here's one. Tungsten. There's tungsten in every car. Where? Lights. Oh, tungsten filaments. you got used, me. Used for the uh, no. filament. There's just a trace of it, but uh, that's, the, that's the filament for um, light bulbs. Yes. And in some spark plugs. Okay. Used okay. in manufacturing. Um, 
don't know, nitrogen, nickel, zinc ore, zirconium. I mean, you can go down this list, but this is an interesting, interesting article, yeah. I thought. Um, kind of a unique look at, um, mm. you know, everything that goes into cars. She went down right down to the, uh, the, the minerals and materials yeah. that come out of the earth. I thought that was pretty cool. And especially for this uh, listener mail here, um, when when we hope that we've done an all right job breaking down some of these materials, mm. you know, and Scott, I think you've done an excellent job. Of course, I'm not the expert. And uh, I got to say, it's surprising how much stuff actually goes into uh, a vehicle. Oh, it's you know? thousands and thousands and thousands of hours of planning and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and development and, and figuring out which materials, which materials work best. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, it's really, really complex to figure out what materials use where because some react with each other. Right. So you have, to, uh, you have to be aware of what metals contact other metals because mm-hmm. they often have corrosive properties or you know, there, there's adverse effects with uh, metal contact, you know, metal contacting other metal in some cases. Um, that'll, that'll lead to rust or you know, just outright decay, corrosion. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a lot, of, a lot of factors to consider, more than you would ever, ever think, really. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just unbelievable the, the variety of materials that go into making a car. And uh, to Sachin, again, uh, all apologies, my friend. If we are mispronouncing your name, that is my fault. Um, But the important thing to remember here is that the materials used in a vehicle differ on a case-by-case basis with uh, four main factors, it sounds like. Those factors being uh, the cost of the material, the weight of the material, the durability of the material, and any interactions it may have with other uh, materials used in this system. Yep, exactly right. Right. Um, strength has a lot to do with it. Weight has a lot to do with it. Cost. It. You're exactly right. You had them all right in the right in a row there. Hey, man. Excellent I'm, work. You've been listening. I have been listening. Yeah, I've been listening. <laughs> and uh, to our listeners out there, thank you for listening, and uh, we really appreciate your time. As you see, uh, we respond to listener mail. It might take us a second to get back to you sometimes, but we read every single one. So if you have an idea that you'd like us to talk about or you have a question for us, please send us an email at highspeedstuff at howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at howstuffworks.com. And be sure to check out the High Speed Stuff blog on the HowStuffWorks.com homepage. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was wounded! But be careful. Because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jordan Gonsalves, and I'm a journalist. Join me on my new podcast, But We Loved, where queer elders recount the amazing history they've lived through. In the middle of Wall Street, they stopped traffic. They were doing a die-in. And in the process, share little gems of wisdom for the next generation. The key is to understanding yourself, learning to love and embrace yourself. You can listen to But We Loved on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards, like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.